Hello and welcome to what is increasingly becoming harder and harder to keep a normal podcast, Hamburglore. Before we get into the show proper, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping and do some Patreon shoutouts. Let's do those shoutouts first. If you want to be among the folks that are going to be shouted out here, you can go to patreon.com slash some good shows and be immortalized for f- however long podcasts are going to exist. Uh, shout out to Alice Montgomery, Andrew Albers, Ben Krieger, Casual Colleen, Charlotte Ellis, Colleen Humphreys, Doc Rubente, Eddie D. Santiago, Emily Lyon, Emma The Seance, Emo Seal, Emphatic Olive, Ezra, Hannah Kim, Khalid Saeed, Kirby's Creeper, Kyle Hatfield, Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, Michael Robertson, Nancy Konek, Nene12715, Neznik Potter, Pilnock, Sammy V, Spence, Steph, Stephen Mayfield, Victoria, Dion, and Zach. Oh, and uh, the little bit of housekeeping is that there will be at certain times of this episode some white noise that I am adding in, um, and you will figure out why I'm doing that later. It's a good thing, um, but it is an audio thing that is going to happen. Do not adjust your TV sets. Uh, It is intentional. So with that in mind, uh, let's get to the podcast. Welcome to Hamburg Lore, the show where we explore the weird characters and history that's used to sell you food and other garbage. I'm your host, Cam Koenig. And I'm Nathan Brandt, sponsored by Windex. Windex, the taste kids love. <laughs> Christ! Anyway, Sammy's here. Hi, Sammy. <laughs> that was straight off the dome. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't say Christ's name in the same sentence as mine. <laughs> Don't use Sammy's name in vain. <laughs> How's it going, bud? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm about to be worse, I assume, but I'm good now. Yeah, that's usually how the yeah. show goes. You, you have... You have been on this show and listened long enough to know that you don't really have a good day uh, anywhere around it. I need to get I need I need a therapist just for this. Sure. I weirdly have an answer for you in my in my report. Um, That's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Real quick. Yeah. The glare off of Nate's glasses is doing some real Gendo Ikari type shit, and it's so terrifying it, one right now. One million percent yeah. is. Yeah. I'm so get afraid. In the, get in the ha- get in the hamburger, Shinji. Get, get in the podcast, Sammy. <laughs> or Pillnuck will have to co-host again. <laughs> Sammy, what? What's your third favorite fast food shit. item? <laughs> okay, looking for a third. Um, <laughs> God. Yeah. What's your unicorn? Yeah. My- <laughs> I'm going to ignore the question and I'm going to okay. maybe answer the question as well as Nate's and get on my little soapbox here and say that the Buffalo Wild Wings nachos, oh. the Supreme nachos or Ultimate nachos, whatever they're called, those are the best like commercially available nachos nationwide, I think. Interesting. I have actually had like at least five conversations with Sammy about this. What kind of beans they rocking? What kind of beans they rocking on those? Huh? Tell me more about these nachos. Go the right into kind. vivid detail. Yeah, what kind of be- what kind of legumes is resuming here? Tell me about that buffalo bile bangs. <laughs> the, th- the the thing I like about it is that it it captures like a well constructed nacho from like your Mexican restaurants, but they make it worse by 
Uh, getting you know that the the artificial yellow goop that they do in movies oh, for notches yeah. there, yeah. Ye yellow yellow acrylic paint, yeah, the shit yeah. that's never been near a cow. That's the shit I like. <laughs> it's good. It's not, but it's good. You know. Yeah, but, but you can't. You ain't answer me. What kind of beans they rock them with? The right kind. Okay, so it's not like a nachos bel grande where it's just it's just refried beans on top of them. I don't believe it is. I think it is black beans, but I have to double check. Picturing in my mind, I haven't been to B-dubs in a very long time, but that sounds know, right, I that know. it would be black beans. Talking to Sammy, just in general, is just like, man, like, am I craving Buffalo Wild Wings? Have <laughs> I stooped this low? But then I realized I do not have a low point because I host this fucking show. Yeah, I don't want to, like, ruin, like, what Cam's part of this episode is going to be about, but, like, Sammy's favorite food seems to be bad white people food non-derogatory yeah yeah <laughs> like i remember one time one time sammy ordered a blooming onion on discord and got diarrhea in real time <laughs> that was okay in the early days of the pandemic we could only interact i mean as we are now by discord but like yeah only we could only interact through diarrhea which is what this <laughs> podcast is pretty much like yeah it was not a good experience um my GI system still remembers that. It will not forget. Yeah, I, I remember, like, just through that evening, because you were on a call for, like... A while. You were all, obsessed with it. You were five, fixated on this. All five stages of grief happened there. Like mm -hmm. And diarrhea, the rare, nigh-imperceptible sixth form of grief. <laughs> fecal urgency. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of fecal urgency... Oh, no. Right. Um, so... It's actually very good that Sammy is here because I didn't have anything that I, to bring today. Mm -hmm. I've just been kind of like You did not Nate. bring a dish to pass. I did not. I did not bring uh, fecal urgency today. So I, I touched on it in, in an episode a while ago when actually what ended up happening was I got up and Audrey took over mm -hmm. and did a report on pink sauce. But Sammy, welcome to the first ever Hamburglore report. Uh, we went to Cracker Barrel. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do this. Um, yeah, yeah. I I had never been. Um, I, I, I have only ever heard Cracker Barrel be mentioned by, like, racist white people and Sammy. It, it was it was a wild experience. Yes. So, Sammy, you said that you like it, you are as far as I know the loudest supporter of Cracker Barrel in the world. Did you just like mm -hmm. go a lot as a kid or? That is correct. Um, I went a lot as a kid and it was a thing that my family really enjoyed. And for them, it was still like a foreign food because we were like. Sure. Like, like still now, but like, especially then an immigrant family. Um, so it was like, ah, oh, look at the novelty of a, a chicken fried chicken, whatever that is. Um, mm -hmm. So we went regularly, less so in my teenage years, but like the the longing still remained. Um, mm -hmm. And I realized yeah. as an adult, I could still just go whenever I want. Yeah. Um, it is it is different because as a kid, I did not have a great understanding of racism until 2001. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's still I, for me somehow that sweetens the pot. 
Sure. Is it is it like you're like getting back at them? Like N- no, it's the danger helps. It's like <laughs> oh it's, okay. Like I said in Snack at Three, which this is a cinematic tie-in. Go listen to Snack at yeah. Episode Three, um, yeah. or the third, whichever. Tokyo Drift. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's like my Jurassic Park because it is a, a thing that is fundamentally dangerous to me. Um, and if I go in, there's no guarantee I'll escape. It's the same thrill as like going to a haunted house, but at like 8 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. just church now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. But like, well, for Sammy, it is church. So what I want to know is you guys both went there together. Mm-hmm. Cute. Yeah. Love it. Um, Audrey was there, too. Audrey was there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I wasn't invited, but that's fine. The uh, <laughs> I also live like three hours away. Yeah. <laughs> um, the what I want to know is uh, what was the ordering process like, and what did Campma order, and did it have any influence so, from Sammy? So let me let me take you a few steps. Was back Sammy like uh, he'll have the <laughs> chicky dump? So. Let me let me let me reel it back a few steps here. We're going to start. Sammy's making a face like I just turned them the fuck on and I hated that. <laughs> that is my resting face. Well, that's true. That's but true, Sammy yeah. also just kind of just went. To <laughs> just. Mm. <laughs> uh, so Look. we we pull up to the barrel uh, and. Like they do the thing where, you know, like it, I didn't realize like I knew that Cracker Barrel like had a gift shop. I did not realize this thing was like a full fucking retail experience. Yes, it's a store in there. We walked in there um, and immediately saw just a bunch of stuff for like three different holidays. Mm-hmm. Like it was not how it was like not quite Halloween yet. So they had some Halloween stuff out, but they also had like thanksgiving and christmas stuff out i'm like okay yeah this seems right Mm -hmm. uh there were just like a shitload of country cds which was kind of crazy um a bunch of smooth jazz cds which were kind of wild um i'm a i'm a chunky jazz fan myself sure yeah 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 extra extra crispy jazz um like some pulp Sure. Yeah, some yeah, yeah. Pu- jazz, some pulp. I think you definitely need to see a doctor if you got <laughs> pulp in your jazz. Shut the anyway. fuck up. Um, they had, I think, some of the most impressive candy displays I've ever seen in my entire life. Do you know that they have fucking cream savers? Yes, I do. And fucking I... Cracker Barrel Dog. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to Semen Retention. Yeah. <laughs> You made that joke then, too. Um, Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So it was it was it was like pretty much it was very interesting. Uh, The I am now eating a cream saver because I grabbed the bag and I'm like, oh, that is good. Um, (laughs) The uh, it it was very interesting. I felt like a huge fucking dork in there because I was just kind of like audibly freaking out about how wild this place was and everybody else was just like i'm 65 years old leave me alone (laughs) Um, meanwhile you you're you're having the like 12 year old sees mozzarella sticks ska playing yeah the entire 100 percent. except if the ska was just shania twain (laughs) wow well hold Hold on on. now Yeah, they had like a bunch of uh, like shitty toys and stuff, but like a bunch of like they had a small Pokemon toys section, which I'm just like, this is fucking weird, huh? What? I did. 
they they sold like fucking like football and baseball cards there. And I'm like, if they have Pokemon cards, I have to buy a booster pack from Cracker Barrel just to know. You I just can't have get to gay know. Pikachu in those packs. They take those out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Cracker Barrel. Um, yeah, I Sammy, how was it being with me who was probably very clearly embarrassing Audrey? <laughs> It's I, I imagine that it's like being like a like a drug like shepherd, sure. like being like the guy, the sober friend that's like, all right, my friend is going to do mushrooms for the first time. I'm going to, yeah. you know, babysit them. What was it like? I I'm not going to comment on that for legal reasons, um, <laughs> <laughs> but for the for the, the Cracker Barrel thing, it was it was very fun. It was very endearing to watch. Uh Especially like the literal cam in the candy store. Yeah. I was just yeah. about to say <laughs> Right next right next to the candy was a bunch of craft like glass bottled sodas. And I'm like, fuck man, holy shit. Are you That's kidding fully me? Holy cam they shit. They had some fucking peach knee high. I got out of there with a couple of bottles of that. Fuck know. yeah, dude. Uh, I'd love to see a peach and some knee highs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm gonna drink. One second. <laughs> I'm out of booze. This sucks. Uh, <laughs> it was it was the it was the beginnings. Like like okay, just to, to paint the scene a little bit further back. This was mm. the weekend I was in town for our friend Reb's and Imran's engagements. Um so we were all hungover or tired. Or both. Definitely both. Yeah. It, it was for sure. Yeah, both. So I was I was pretty low energy going into it. And I think as as were we all. But seeing Cam's like genuine, like, oh, is this like the fucking Jack Skellington, like, what's this? What's this? There's racists everywhere. They got white stuff everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boy, do they. Um, so that was it was it was just fun watching the like Christmas morning look on Cam's face. Santa is real. <laughs> no, Santa is definitely pro-Palestine. No, I, I I think a lot of my fun was trying to convince Audrey. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. Yeah. Nice joke. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, one of my uh, favorite things was uh, going around and threatening Audrey that I was going to buy a bunch of like live, laugh, love bullshit to put in the house because uh, it was everywhere too. Like bless yeah. this like, mess type shit. Like yeah. you think yeah. Target's bad? So you didn't answer my question. What the fuck did you order? Oh, we'll get into that. Okay. So you're like, you're like, so I stepped in and we're so, like 15 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> so like it, it was like a, I want to say like a 30, 40 minute wait. And so we literally were just turned loose into the fucking retail store to just fuck around for 40 minutes, which was a great. Ball, a, ball, a ball pit for 30 year olds. 100%. Store. Yeah. Yeah. So we eventually get seated down. Everything is like, it's like pretty quiet. They aren't like, like they're decently busy, but it was like, you know, I didn't think that like everything around me was bad. I do think I remember there being like a bunch of like framed fishing stuff on yes. like the yes, wall next to us. Uh, like it was like. It was exactly what you would kind of expect a Cracker Barrel to be. And then right. it even went uh, further beyond plus ultra what you would expect a Cracker Barrel to be. Because then our waiter showed up. Oh, God, that's right. Our waiter. His name was Cracker Barrel. Oh, he had like short blonde hair, blue eyes. Nice smile. And on his on his like forearm was uh, it was a tattoo. The tattoo was the uh, thin blue line American flag. But then the mm. blue line went further down his arm, past the boundaries of the American flag, 
formed the shape of a biblical cross. <laughs> guys, guys. It was some of the best food I've ever had in my life. <laughs> oh, fuck cops, but God bless the Cracker Barrel. God damn, man. Like... <laughs> Um, Kneel for the cracker, stand for the barrel. <laughs> um, yeah, that was like, um, I literally could not have like had a better first experience for a cracker barrel, I think. Emblematic of the, of the brand. Like, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, that is the cracker barrel mascot. That's him. <laughs> That's Mr. Cracker like, Barrel. Like a uh, early 20 something who does not want to be there. That is like the biggest fucking bootlicker you've ever seen in your life. So I got chicken and dumplings. The chicky dump. I knew you would. We talked about it so much. Yeah. And yeah. then I also got another side of dumplings on top of that. Uh, oh, yes. baby. The double barrel dump. Oh, <laughs> you know it. Yes. We call that the Sammy special. Yes. We call that double dump fist in it. It's so fucking good, dude. I, th I, I still think about them. Sammy, what did you get? The same thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we got the quad dump city DJ. No, like, let's be real here. Audrey was third wheeling this date. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like one million percent. What did Audrey get? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> it was it was some something meatless. Um, yeah, they have they have meatless products, which was also, fucking wild. Yeah, I know they have baked apples. <laughs> very good. Shut the fuck uh, up. A very important update since like the last time I'd frequented a, a Cracker Barrel. Uh, they have yeah. alcohol now, yeah. including mimosas. <laughs> they, have, yeah. they have alcohol now. Yeah, amazing. You can get fucked up at Cracker Barrel. Yeah, and they also serve like impossible meat stuff, which is what? I okay. Yeah. I thought that you were just saying vegetarian options. No, I was like, no, yeah, bitch. you can get mashed potatoes, bro. No, it is. It is straight up like impossible meat. Impossible country fried steak. Like, give me that. That might be what she got. I think it was. I don't remember. I'm telling you, millennials like me have infiltrated the barrel. Yeah. Millennials are killing Cracker Barrel and re resurrecting it in our own image. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I did you get desserts? Did you get pie? Did you get ice cream? All I was weird? so full after. I remember being so fucking full because I. I it, what happened was we went. Um, like Cam and Audrey picked me up, and this was like on our way to the airport. So like this was like my my pre flight meal. So this chicky dumps moved uh, over the country with you. Yes, it did. Like I like I've taken like things that helped me fall asleep on planes before. Nothing so effective as this double dump chicky. <laughs> double was, double oh, dumped up on a, on was a like wednesday afternoon i was really impressed with how fucking dense that fucking chicken and dumplings was though like was it what was it so dense you couldn't tell the chick from the dump wait no wait, hey hey wait no <laughs> listen some people pay top dollar for the um, <laughs> yeah I, I i looked up the menu and uh they have impossible sausage at cracker barrel and that made a lot of people mad uh, which is why it rules, actually. Why? why? Because they stole the name from my dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's because um, it's because they're like, well, Cracker Barrel's getting fucking woke. My brother in Christ, it's fucking Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Nothing yeah. about Cracker Barrel is woke. I promise you. 
it was it was like truly an experience. I think I remember like being hungover, so I'm like I'm not I'm not drinking, but like mm, that didn't stop. Yeah, me. let me let me get that fucking <laughs> strawberry lemonade though. Yeah, what did you get for a drink? A mimosa. I, I, it's Sunday. I, uh, uh, yeah, of uh, course, uh, the uh. Lord's Day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got a strawberry lemonade, but I was also kind of hungover and driving, so that's yeah. There's that. Um, but. You know. I would like to I would like to know if anybody listening to our show, our program, Hamburg Lore, the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, has gone to or is or has really thought about going to the Cracker Barrel because of our transmissions. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I would like to just get on the record that like Sammy is weirdly good about influencing me on where to eat. And I think that's strange. <laughs> That's it feels like it should be the other way around. But. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, do you want a podcast? You can have it. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, I'm going to hell anyway, so I don't need I need I don't need the express ticket. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, great. let me let me let me shepherd you there oh, this hell. time. It was, it was cool. We literally already have plans to go again when sammy is back in town so that'll be very fun it's like a disney trip for you guys like we already have (laughs) we already have the fast passes Mm -hmm, purchased mm -hmm. and you know we're going to the blue bayou which is probably not dissimilar from the cracker barrel if you want to talk cultural connotations i'm i am worried that we're gonna go down this like rabbit hole to the point where we end up being like, all right, let's really go in on this. We're going to book a room in the hotel right next door to the Cracker Barrel. The gang buys a Cracker Barrel franchise. There you listen, go. Listen, what I'm saying is, what if we do that, eat at the Cracker Barrel three times and record a podcast across those three times <laughs> hey. and just have the episode be like the whole barrel of crackers? Yeah, um, yeah I'm in. Like literally, don't leave the hotel or the Cracker Barrel. Yeah, <laughs> not allowed to have phones or television. Just record podcasts. This is like jury duty level shit. Yes, twelve angry crackers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's really all I wanted to bring up because I, I I like mentioned that I wanted to do like a touch base on that, and it just kind of makes the most sense with Sammy here. So yeah, Cracker yeah. Barrel is pretty good. Turns out so. the sequel to this saga is eventually going to be us at a waffle house for 24 hours yeah no i do want to do the the waffle house challenge but 100 um sammy is a part of this show right now because yes the cracker barrel thing but also as a medical professional i wanted their opinion on certain things about this report which is Um, why i'm drinking through this yes so actually Speaking of chicken and dumplings, uh, Labyrinth is a 1986 musical fantasy film directed by Jim Henson with George Lucas as executive producer. Based on conceptual designs by Brian Froud, the film was written by Terry Jones and many of its characters are played by puppets produced by Jim Henson's Creature Shop. The film features Jennifer Conley as a 16-year-old Sarah and David Bowie as Jareth, the Goblin King. In Labyrinth, Sarah embarks on a quest to reach the center of an enormous otherworldly maze to rescue her infant half-brother Toby, whom she wished away to Jareth. I'd like to just point out that Sammy is losing their mind because Labyrinth is just Sammy's gender. Yeah, you right. have David Bowie and a bunch of fucking Muppets. How how yeah. much more me could that be? That's you. Yeah, no, that, w- that was just you when you lived in the UK. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I have not, nor will I ever see the Labyrinth, because while I typically enjoy his work, I do not like the job that Jim Henson did on the David Bowie puppet. I don't think it's very realistic. (laughs) (laughs) However, something famous about the Labyrinth is something that David Bowie's character does during one musical performance, the action of which is called contact juggling. Contact juggling is a form of object manipulation that focuses on the movement of objects such as balls. Ushiki! And Cam, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Although often used in conjunction with toss juggling, Mm. which normally you gotta pay for, it differs in that it involves the rolling of one or more objects without releasing them into the air. So... If you don't know what contact juggling is, it's manipulating objects to kind of roll around your body and not go into the air um, as opposed to, you know, normal ass juggling where you have, you know, stuff. Michael Moshen, which is hilarious because if if your name is Moshen and you're like a contact juggler, that's a very good name. Michael Motion is often thought to have brought the form to a new level with his performance Light, developed in the 1980s. In his performance, he used 75 millimeter clear crystal balls, palms spinning up to eight balls simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> he finished the act by rolling a single clear ball so it appeared to float over his hands and arms. Oh. Motion received praise from the international circus community for... <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't say that sentence without laughing. <laughs> I want to uh, know so much more about this community but yeah me too um well go to our discord um (laughs) (laughs) he was made a macarthur fellow and received a genius award in 1990 in the 1986 film labyrinth david bowie's character performs contact juggling throughout the film as i said these manipulations were performed by motion who stood behind bowie during the filming reaching around and performing the tricks blind In the film's credits, Moshen is credited for crystal ball manipulation, which is something I typically have to ask for, especially, and costs a pretty penny for my pee-pee. Who with me, boys? Um, (laughs) Hey, what? (laughs) What time was this written at, just out of curiosity? Uh, I wrote this an hour and a half ago. Fuck yeah. So with the movie Labyrinth and the concept of contact juggling in mind, I want to focus your attention to a product and commercial that dominated my brain space in the early 2000s. Does the name Fushigi mean anything Fushigi? to you fushigi is nuts <laughs> okay that's all but do, do you know what the fushigi is the fushigi is actually the uh it's the uh it's that fucking band that lauren hill was in that did killing me softly <laughs> um, the fushigis yeah <laughs> thanks everybody killing me softly with his balls i'll be over here <laughs> Juggling me softly with his balls, moving my whole balls with his finger. I was gonna make a Yu-Gi-Oh joke, you dumb fuck. This is so much better. Fushigi-oh. Listen, Sammy, I'm very funny. I know it's upsetting. That's right. So That's yes, right. if you didn't know, like we said, the product known as Fushigi uh, was it was sold in the like as seen on TV section of many stores in the early 2000s. It was essentially an attempt to make a yo-yo for the new generation. And I don't know if some type of like aliens or something designed the marketing campaign for this, but it must not have been humans because they should have known that juggling in any form is not cool. Kids, if you see somebody on the schoolyard at recess juggling, tell an adult immediately. <laughs> and if anybody offers you juggling at a party or social gala mm-hmm. event, remember, just say no. Basically, like any clown shit. I'm not trying to fuck with any circus clown, any circus bullshit, any clown fucking juggling card trick nonsense. I'm not afraid of clowns. 
but I, I I tire of their antics and their uh, devilish demeanor. So you're gonna you're gonna create a, a generation of like whatever comes after Gen Z of just a bunch of kid doing fushigi and juggling wearing dare shirts. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> but yeah, no, I I fucking hate clowns, man. Like their their devil may care attitude. They're they're honking. Buy an appropriately sized pair of shoes, idiot. Anyway, I'm not scared of clowns, so that's not what this whole thing is about. But I did date somebody that had a thing for clowns sexually, and so I don't really know what that says about me. Honk. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of clown balls, fushigi is essentially the Japanese word for mystery. Mm. This little metal ball with resin or whatever on the outside of it was supposed to be like a cool, fun magic trick slash pastime that you can do um, with your friends. And great commercial, the moment, by the way, I don't and we will watch the commercial. Yeah, in I don't, don't want to oh, okay. like skirt past that. No, we won't. We're skirting to it. Good. Like skirt. Like we're going to it. Skirt, skirt. Um, <laughs> skirt. But. Back in the day, I, I did think, holy shit, this is so cool. Just look at all the things I can do with that. But as an adult watching the commercial, as we're about to listen to and watch, it's really easy to see how fucking lame it is. Like even the best guy in this Fushigi commercial has a ponytail and looks like the guy that would be into contact juggling. Not that there's anything wrong with being into, into juggling. There's everything wrong with being into juggling. Mm -hmm. Fucking... Fuck clowns. Oh, look at me. I'm in a tiny car. Oh, I can do it too. It's called a 2013 Ford Focus. <laughs> you, you unnorded juggalos. Fuck you. Whoa. Um, anyway, let's Whoa. watch. <laughs> anyway. You're about to be mesmerized. It's here. It's wild. It's sweeping the nation. It's Fushigi. All white men. Fushigi. Like, I don't know what it is. But it's the coolest thing ever. And I can do it. <laughs> Tim Gooey, and this is Bushigi. This motherfucker's name is Tim Gooey. The secrets of Bushigi, the magic gravity ball. No strings, no tricks. Magic, maybe. An illusion, you decide. You can make Bushigi defy gravity and appear to float in midair with maneuvers like the prayer cross, the enigma, levitation, and so many more. It floats. It the guy with the ponytail's name is the amazing Kenny, by the way. Holy shit. Young or old, big or small, anyone can Fushigi. From if you're big, and you can do it. <laughs> gravity ball. And with a little practice, you can conquer Fushigi. This is so amazing. Conquer? I think it's fabulous. Yeah. I get it now. Everyone loves Fushigi. And you don't have to be a magician. It's relaxing, even therapeutic. Best that man does have a ponytail. amazing. Floats. It's awesome. Fushigi. It <laughs> From basic maneuvers to the advanced, even control more than one Fushigi at a time. You can do this. Mystify, amaze, and confuse your friends in just minutes. Now confuse your friends. Just start a podcast. Fushigi. Yeah. It's sick. It's so much fun. I love it. It's amazing. I love it. Me too. My grandson, he's 16. He would love one of those. I want to buy it now. Fushigi. Call now to order Fushigi, the magic gravity ball for only $19.99. And when you order, we'll send you a free DVD that will teach you everything you need to know to unlock the secrets of Fushigi. Just pay processing. Call now. So yeah, that's Fushigi. Um, I have to get my hands on a copy of that DVD. I need it. It is hilarious. It's the amazing Kenny doing a bunch of tricks, and half of the DVD is tricks that you can only do with like two or more balls so great you buy this thing it comes with a dvd which is basically an advertisement for hey motherfucker buy another one <laughs> which, <laughs> is, which is really really good ballsy even okay this is an mlm 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Men loving uh, Mufushigi. My balls. <laughs> ah. Something I want to point out about this Fushigi commercial is the non-committal to whether it's magic or not for sure, which is something that I would definitely want to know about. I adore that their entire marketing pitch is you can do this, <laughs> which is which is great. I want to know if this is magic for real. Like they're like magic. I don't know. <laughs> In the commercial. My favorite part of it is that the ethnic diversity came from just them uh, pointing a camera at people and having them say Fushigi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing is the guy that goes, it floats. Then <laughs> <laughs> they cut away from him. It's fucking great. Uh, but yeah, no, I want to know if there's like somebody's soul trapped in here and is in like is going to be forced to watch me do like bad juggling, which I think is like my own personal definition of hell. And I also want to point out that they say in the commercial that Fushigi is therapeutic. Mm. And I think in terms of it being like a fidget toy, you may be right, as in it can be something to like focus on and have almost like a, you know, a meditative quality to. But the way they bring it up, it just kind of seems like they're saying it's a replacement for getting like actual psychiatric help or something. Yeah. <laughs> Something you would definitely need if you thought juggling was cool. I feel like I'm coming across very strongly anti-clown here, and to be clear, I am. You could be stronger. Yeah. End of sentence. Okay, fuck clowns, but not actually fuck clowns. <laughs> but fuck clowns, though? No, I, I really miss the days of, like, wild as hell commercials for useless garbage that we tried to pass off to kids as being extreme or the next big thing, like fucking ripsticks. Do you remember ripsticks? Yeah, dude. Heelys, basically, like any like normal ass mundane trick or mode of transportation i do have a soft spot in my heart for heelys i've been i've been trying to pitch like like dress heelys for like over a decade at this point no one seems to be offering to take me up on it so sure. like if any investors out there wanting to slide into my dms hit me up in heelys in yeah heelys. no like what about heelys pumps right like yeah. or what about you know you said dress dress shoes like you know who's walking down the aisle oh nobody's walking down the aisle they're healing down the aisle sorry healy's crocs anyway thank healy's you crocs exactly give me my fucking money now <laughs> i gotta go but like I, I don't know in the early 2000s like th these kinds of things were on commercials all the time like it was just a bunch of shit that like looked like it was a concept cut from like a really bad matrix knockoff movie on sci-fi mm -hmm. channel in 2004 it was it was it was a vibe fushigi in general is just such an appealing product to me because it's just a shiny sphere that you do tricks with and i think a lot of stupid kids that played too much gamecube like me would watch these commercials and imagine in their head what it would be like if they were the ones to do a cool trick and show all their friends and all that shit but like yeah do you remember in the 90s when people tried to be like, yo-yos are cool, actually. Yes. People who are good at yo-yos are cool, actually. And now that <laughs> is only reserved for hot alt ladies. And that's it. True. Same thing with roller skates. <laughs> As all things should be. Correct. Uh, also, yeah, I, right. Did, did people come to your schools to talk about yo-yos? Yes. Okay. We had active shooters in that era, but yo-yos is where the money went to. <laughs> I remember there was one week that we had actively shooting the moon. Oh. <laughs> I remember one week in fucking middle school where we had like a fucking yo-yo like trick performer person come through and a bomb threat later that week. <laughs> 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 Looks like they missed the bomb by a couple days. Bah, bah. The, uh, the 
I so I I here's some more weird nay lore. I went to a Christian school until I was in the eighth grade, so I missed out on I think a lot of the era of like dumbass PSAs and shit, mm. where like you know it's like hey kids, it's it's real cool to not do drugs, and it was like a big you know a big thing. Like I think I missed out on that, and now it's just like a joke in TV shows, and I really like. I feel like I I feel like I missed something important and formative because when you said did anybody else come to your school with yo-yos in my head I'm like that's the most insane shit I've ever heard it probably only happened to Sammy and and Cam was like nah dude <laughs> Also let's Public be school, real baby. Christian school is the most insane shit Oh no I'll talk about like I I'm I've been threatening <laughs> to do a hamb- I've been threatening to do a hamburg lore on just the bible for a long time so we'll we'll see That seems right. dibs um yeah. but no like as a kid i was like oh maybe i could be the fushigi kid but like if i showed up at any event today as a 32 year old pile of mistakes and said hey guys check out this cool trick i can do with this ball that i bought for 20 dollars on tv i would almost be upset if i wasn't just immediately shot in the head by the nearest person to me however i will concede that the sphere is the coolest shape i think that spheres are something that might be inherently interesting to humans in general it's one of the first things that people learn how to draw and shade correctly in art class. It's vaguely what planets and stars look like. Hell, I even shaved my own head to make my own head a sphere. <laughs> and as Cam can attest as being a Destiny fan, spheres play a very important role in many of our lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And after the break, I'm going to talk to you about the most dangerous sphere of all time. Egg. <laughs> That's not a sphere. That's not a sphere. Oh my god! Prove it! Egg. (laughs) And Fushigi, we're back, and we're going to talk about, like I said, the most dangerous sphere of all time. And I think I might actually be right about that, and that's not just hyperbole, but let's see. The Demon Core mm-hmm. was a spherical 6.2 kilogram subcritical mass of plutonium 89 meters in diameter manufactured during World War II by the United States nuclear weapon department effort, the Manhattan Project. Oh, fuck. I know where this is going. It is a fizzle core for an early atomic bomb. The core was prepared for shipment as part of the third nuclear weapon to be used in Japan. But when Japan surrendered, the core was retained at Los Alamos for testing and potential later use. So the Demon Core, like the second core used in the bombing of Nagasaki, was when assembled a solid 6.2 kilogram sphere. Um, It consisted of three parts, two plutonium-gallium hemispheres, and a ring designed to keep the neutron flux from jetting out of the joined surface between the hemispheres during implosion. I think this is a great bit of engineering because neutron flux jetting out during implosion is something that is totally normal. Oh, of course. Yeah. Happens to many penis pilots during sex. It's totally normal. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's totally normal. (laughs) Is this why you wanted a medical practitioner on this podcast? (laughs) You'll see. Oh, Christ. So as as a little so as a little history tidbit, I did mention that this item called the Demon Core was supposed to be at the heart of the third atomic bomb to be used on Japan. Should they fail to surrender to what is arguably one of the least cool things people have done to other people in the history of people and other people? Yeah. The first bomb was dropped on August 6th. The next on August 9th, Japan surrendered on August 15th, and this bomb was scheduled to be used on the 17th. But hey, 
If you were worried about this fear named the Demon Core not being able to murder some folks, just wait until we're done talking about this story, because holy shit. Nuclear stuff is crazy, y'all. That's the heading for this next part. Yeah, it kind of is. That's This is the reason why I wanted a medical professional on this. I don't assume you've in, you've encountered many nuclear-related sicknesses in your tenure, and I hope you never do, but you know what that stuff do to you. I This is a, a, a sentence I never thought I would have to ask in the, in the course of our friendship. Yeah. Where's the sphere, Nate? So, um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't speak for either of you, but like my entire childhood for some fucking reason was spent being afraid about being nuked. And in general, since then, I've kind of had just like a borderline fascination with the entire like umbrella of applications and aspects of nuclear science because it's so useful and so dangerous. Like clowns, I'm not necessarily afraid of the nuclear stuff today, but if I do think about it for long enough, I do get squicked out. Um, same thing with clowns. Um, but shout out to the show Chernobyl that I think about nearly every hour of every day. It's a banger. Watch it. You'll cry. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Best show. So as stated yeah. in this plutonium sphere named the Demon Core, it was not used to do a big horrible thing to a bunch of people. So it was just kind of left to be a cool science curiosity for the rest of its life and for the rest of the lives of some of the people that would interact with it. On August 21st, 1945, not even a fucking week after the war ended, the plutonium core produced a burst of neutron radiation that led to physicist Harry <laughs> Daglin's death. You get this Daglin balls, dude? I got him. Okay, Daglin made a mistake while performing a neutron reflector experiment on the core. He was working alone. A security guard, Private Robert J. Hemmerley, was seated at a desk 12 feet away. The core was placed within a stack of neutron-reflected tungsten carbine bricks, and the addition of each brick moved the assembly uh, closer to criticality. So what I'm talking about is literally this guy was fucking playing with Duplo blocks that gave you cancer. It was fucking stupid. This, this plutonium core, right? He was like, when you move these bricks closer to it, the neutrons get reflected back at it and, it, and it gets closer and closer to criticality, right? And so what they were doing was testing how fast that happens right mm -hmm. so he was he was doing this moving the bricks farther and closer away from stuff and and like 12 feet away was a security guard for the for the the science place that they were at a science facility a lab if you will mm, yes I've, i'm familiar with the type while attempting to stack another brick around the assembly daglin accidentally dropped it onto the core and thereby caused the core to go critical into supercriticality a self-sustaining critical chain reaction he quickly removed the brick off the assembly but received a fatal dose of radiation he died 25 days later yikes yeah it is it's it's absolutely fucked he received 200 rad of neutron radiation and 110 rad of gamma radiation that motherfucker did not turn into the hulk that motherfucker turned into being dead <laughs> And uh, the security guard that was in the room also, he died 33 years later um, of acute leukemia. This will be a theme that you encounter quite a bit with people that encounter this uh, demon core is, ah, oh, geez, they died of cancer. <laughs> it's like, mm. yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man, they totally did. Huh? 
So on May 21st, 1946, not even one year after the war ended, physicist Louis Slotin uh, and seven other personnel were in a Los Alamos laboratory conducting yet another experiment to verify the closest of the core to criticality by the positioning of neutron reflectors. Slotin, who was leaving Los Alamos, was showing the technique to Alvin Graves, who would use it in a final test before the Operation Crossroads nuclear test scheduled a month later in the Bikini Atoll. You know, the tests that were commonly cited as the event that spawned Godzilla in the Godzilla movies. Yeah, you know. The nuclear tests in the Bikini Atoll. Yeah, that one. I'm familiar. This core wasn't used in it because it was too dangerous. <laughs> too dangerous for a thing where we drop two nukes on an island. You know. <laughs> anyway. This test required the operator to place two half spheres of beryllium, a neutron reflector, around the core to be tested and manually lower the top reflector over the core using a thumb hole on the top. This is some big, like, we didn't know cigarettes were bad type shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, one million percent. As So basically what this guy was doing was uh, was placing a a pokeball around this this orb and saying look how dangerous it gets as i move the pokeball closer to it with my hands how you doing over there sammy uh so many things have gone wrong here <laughs> I, there is a thumb hole a thumb hole i i like to think what wikipedia says i have like a pretty good like tolerance for like most scary things nuclear disasters i mean no <laughs> Like there's like I'll, I'll I'll get up and close to most things that are scary and dangerous. I want to be in a different fucking state if this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Like a big one too. Um, like one of the like the the western ones. <laughs> one of one of the ones with people in it. <laughs> yes. I'm in I'm in Delaware now. That's too small. I want a bigger one. <laughs> the state ain't big enough for the one of us. Mm. So as the reflectors were manually moved closer and farther away from each other, um, like, you know, radiation counters measured the relative activity from the core. The experiment needed to maintain a slight separation between the reflector halves, you know, the, the two Pokeball pieces that he was like going, whoa, 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 with it uh, in order to stay below criticality. The standard protocol was to use shims between the halves. So like little things that would be spacers, mm -hmm. um, allowing them to close completely would result in instantaneous formation of a critical mass and a lethal power excursion, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> but under Slotin's own unapproved protocol, the shims were not used, and the only thing preventing the closure was, <laughs> was the blade of a standard flat-tipped flathead screwdriver manipulated in Slotin's other bare hand. Mm. Yes. Jesus fucking no. Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slotin, who was given to bravado... Um, became the local expert performing the test on almost a dozen occasions, even in his trademark blue jeans and cowboy boots in front of a room full of observers. Mm. Enrico Fermi reportedly told Slotin and others that they would be dead within a year if they continued performing the test in that manner. And it would not even take that long. Scientists referred to this flirting with the possibility of a nuclear chain reaction as tickling the dragon's tail, based on a remark by physicist Richard Feynman, who compared the experiments to tickling the tail of a sleeping dragon. On the day of the accident, Slotin's screwdriver slipped outward a fraction of an inch while he was lowering the top reflector, allowing the reflector to fall into place around the core completely. Instantly, there was a flash of blue light, 
and a wave of heat across Slotin's skin, the core had become supercritical, releasing an intense burst of neutron radiation estimated to have lasted about half a second. <laughs> this is so tense. I lit some incense before this, but it like literally went out as I started doing this report. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Slotin quickly twisted his wrist, flipping the top shell onto the floor. Um, the heating of the core and shells stopped uh, the criticality within seconds of its initiation, while Slotin's reaction uh, prevented a recurrence and ended the accident. Um, so thankfully, his quick thinking of just like, oh, geez, got to get the Pokeball off of there um, was really good. It would have been great if he didn't use a fucking screwdriver. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, it only works in Doctor Who. Jesus. <laughs> I know. The position of Slotin's body over the apparatus also shielded others from much of the neutron radiation. But he received a lethal dose of 1,000 rad neutron and 114 rad gamma radiation in under a second and died nine days later of an acute radiation poisoning. Do not Google photos of this man. <laughs> it's like I said in uh, in in the, sh the show Chernobyl, that shit was pretty accurate as as to how it looked. Correct. Um, yeah. So there were a couple of people in the room. Uh, Slotin died nine days later. Um, another guy died 19 years later. Uh, he got some fucking wild ass cataracts in his eyes. One guy refused to look up or to take part in a study because all of these dudes like instantly other scientists were like, hey, I'm so sorry, but like this is such a good opportunity to test radiation yeah. poisoning based on the distances from a very strong radiation sense. So you're scientists. Can we study you? Everybody except one said yes. Um, he was like, I don't fucking want to know. I just want to go live my sure. life. Um, I fuck with that dude so heavy. Yeah, that's kind of a baller yeah. response, to be yeah. honest. So we've got, you know, leukemia, bacterial endocarditis. We've got, um, quote unquote, natural causes. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> one of these guys says he probably died in June of 1988. I want that to be what's in my fucking epitaph. He pro they probably died in this year. Yeah, sometime. <laughs> and then another guy fucking died in the Korean War. Can you believe this? Okay. Um, and there's another guy that died of cancer. Could you fucking believe it? Hmm. Um, the core was later melted down and the material recycled for use in other cores. So this core now exists in the hearts of many, many nuclear bombs across the nation. This concludes all known lore on David Bowie. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you, you may have suspected that this is actually not where the report ends, right? Yeah, I, had a I, I, I did this last time as well as to, to varying successes. But, you know, given our frequent but unwelcome guest on this podcast, and no, I'm not talking about me. We're no, we're talking about Sammy. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I am, of course, talking about the hat man. <laughs> if this is your first episode of the podcast that you're listening to, I want to catch you up very briefly. But suffice it to say, go listen to the previous three episodes. The hat man is an entity that many people report seeing while they're in a state of sleep paralysis at the foot of their bed, standing on their chest or in the doorway of their bedroom watching them. What I've posited in these past three reports is that the Hatman may be some kind of entity that was born at the very end of time at the completion of entropy, wherein he was free from the grasp of time and able to traverse freely into any point of what we perceive to be history of the universe. He uses his power to send brainwaves to those that are experiencing sleep paralysis in order to harvest fear from them 
and I'm not kidding you, this is what the report was on last time, he sends the fear to eels that then construct his form in the Bermuda Triangle and the Sargasso Sea, which may or may not be in the form of the crab. This construction concludes like this until at the end of the universe, like I said, where he shows up for the first time, or maybe the last time, or for all of time. As I've stated, and as he has stated, He's already here. So what does this have to do with the demon core? Well, I believe that what I have done is stumbled upon an insane fact that the demon core was designed for the express purpose of containing the entity known as the hat man. Mm. Okay, first of all, before I move into this, Sammy, you've you've said before, like, haha, I, I feel like I can fight the hat man or whatever. I can. But like, <laughs> so you've never seen him then is what I'm saying. Not yet. <laughs> not yet but if you play your cards right um <laughs> call me i never really asked this but like cam you you haven't had an experience no, either right uh i i dated somebody who had sleep paralysis but uh, i don't think she ever mentioned seeing the hat man but she like did have sleep paralysis and that alone seems fucking horrifying now i've had sleep paralysis the unfortunate bit, like, okay, so the, the thing no one tells you about sleep paralysis is all the, like, the demons and the hat man only happens if you are face up looking at your bed. My ass was face down, so I'm like, well, <laughs> this is, this is useless to me. So you don't, so you don't know who was there. I don't know who was there. You don't know fucking who was there. You were face down ass up. The hat man is here to collect <laughs> that right. fuck. Hat, man, hat man's just off in the other room like, hey, hey. Can you, can you turn, over? turn over? Hey kid, hey kid stop all the download. I, <laughs> I have had several friends, or like, oh, I've had several friends. <laughs> okay. Who who have said that they've seen the Hat Man though? So it it, it is a yes. like a, a known quantity to me at this point. Yeah, definitely. And I I remembered as I was doing this this report, like I've not seen the Hat Man, but I do remember in the middle of the night having sleep paralysis imagining it's the middle of the day and seeing a large like insanely large bloody floating red head in my room so that was really cool um love sleep paralysis um, yikes so documentation of the hat man and the first reports of seeing him are hard to track down uh, even impossible but one thing that i found interesting about him is that the popularity of talking about this entity has unlike talks about like you know extraterrestrials or bigfoot or yetis or whatever it's only really happened semi-recently um, because of more and more forms of mass communication and the form of the hat man uh, showing up to you i think that for many people it's a thing they only thought they saw right and it was kind of a weird reoccurring nightmare or just a quirk of sleep paralysis for them because it's not a weird thing you bring up right people don't really talk about their dreams too too much and so it's kind of rare that you would just be like, yeah, you know how everybody sees this guy? You know, you wouldn't say that, but you hear somebody say a story about it and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, if you've experienced it before, this is what happened to my girlfriend. She was like, she experienced it plenty of times and then read that other people do and was like, okay, oh, no, dude, what the <laughs> fuck? You know, oh, jeez, like <laughs> man. Oh, scoob. Oh, crap. <laughs> It's almost like finding out that, like, God is real and hates you, which I guess is kind of the the arc of this report. <laughs> Cheers. But, like, the more people started talking about it, the more people realized just how common it is to see the hat man and experience him siphoning fear from you. It's even become kind of like a joke online. Like, I don't want to take Benadryl because I owe the hat man money and I don't want to see him, blah, blah, blah. Like, 
I wish I owed the hat man just money. I wish that like the hat man just wanted money from you. But it has become a joke on like TikTok and stuff like that. You know, I, I take Benadryl and see the hat man because Benadryl is one of the things that can trigger sleep paralysis if you if you sleep shitty and take Benadryl. So as far as I can tell, the first documented instance of the hat man was in a kind of National Enquirer-esque magazine that was published a mere five days after the second incident with the Demon Corps. The report itself is really nothing special in terms of what, you know, the Hat Man does because we already know about the Hat Man. Yeah. A guy saw him and he was half asleep and he couldn't move. Yeah, like, if the Hat Man can do it, so can you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but still, you know, this this man was terrified and wrote about it in in basically this, you know, trashy UK-like national enquirer magazine of just like strange tales a man was in my room <laughs> i mean i used to, i used to read weekly world news so i understand exactly but the the oldest instance of a hat man story is literally what did i say five days after the second demon core incident and i don't like that at hey that sucks <laughs> hey that fucking sucks say that fact one more time the first documented that i could find the first like report about, hey, I saw a guy in my room while I was asleep, but couldn't move and my eyes were open and he was wearing a hat. The first time a story like that was published, as far as I can tell, was five days after the second incident with the Demon Corps. Yeah, Sammy, just go ahead and drink the rest of that <laughs> wine. You probably need that. <laughs> so interesting. So what I'm not saying is that all nuclear activity has to do with the hat man, though I was tempted to equate his presence to a kind of like reverse half-life where he just like increases in resonance yeah, over Lord time. Knows, Valve isn't going to make another one. So like, it's... okay, Jesus Christ, which, you know, whatever. But what I'm saying is that potentially the fates of the people and the unceremonious so-called dismantling of the core hint that the hat man was on the radar of scientists and thinkers near this time in history. I believe that if the hat man was somehow able to be surprised or trapped in this kind of you know, Ghostbuster like situation here where we could get like, you know, cross the streams and put into a thing. This could have occurred where he was trapped in this like Fushigi like sphere of plutonium. <laughs> and the scientist with a single flathead screwdriver performed the flattest head move of all time and tickled the dragon's tail or played with the dragon's Fushigi. And in that blue flash, he ended the short period of captivity that the hat man endured. Now, I'm fairly certain that information about how and why the hat man was captured is uh, nothing that the hat man himself would want to get out, of course. Um, but I've actually taken measures to make sure that I don't ever see the hat man um, and that he doesn't listen into these conversations. That part's a joke. But I do, you know, as it it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy, right, that you 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 don't want to think about something so often that you start seeing it everywhere we talked about it last time with fucking sigmund freud and eel dicks yeah. right where he became like obsessed with it and like started seeing it everywhere you know there's there's been moments at night where i'm like i'm just i'm doing this fucking hamburglar report right like i, I can't be thinking about like what if the hatman shows up because at that point it's scary er because in my mind, he'd want something from me at that point. And if I'm in a state of sleep paralysis and I see the hat man, I'm not going to be able to talk myself down from being afraid. No fucking way. Yeah. However, you know, I, like I've been looking up ways to avoid sleep paralysis in general, right? Like in an attempt to apply that to my waking life in order to avoid seeing the hat man, not because I owe him money, but what I think 
he would say is owed to him at this point is incalculable. <laughs> a lot of the things in general are just like, you know, good sleep hygiene, right? Like removing distractions before bed, you know, no screens before bed, doing exercise and stuff like that. Some some weird new age shit like exercise. Yeah, it's fucked up. But what I commonly find is that like mild aromatherapy related things um, works, like having um, a certain scent associated with your pillow so that you can, it's not that like essential oils cure the hat, man. It's more like <laughs> have something that you can like center yourself with, right? Um, some kind of sensory thing to uh, center yourself with. Something I literally did today for this report is I avoided stimulants. I was just like, you know what? Like in the spirit of trying to avoid the hat man, I'm going to avoid stimulants today, today. <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm hitting the Mountain Dew hard. Hell yeah, gamers, let's go. Just rails of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, rails of rails of caffeine. Um, <laughs> doing rails of coke. Oh shit, wait, never mind, fuck. <laughs> Sponsored by. Another thing is, you know, making sure that you're in a dark, safe place that you know is safe and you can remind yourself mentally so that you can start to regain your faculties. Some of the advice that I saw online was like, if you experience sleep, paralysis one try to calm down but like that's not gonna right, work because right. try to try to calm down is bullshit um but like try to move your your extremities right try to move your fingers and toes do a do do some do some kill bill shit and try to like just get yourself back to being a real person so like for anybody listening that experiences that i'm sure you've already heard that stuff before but if not try to center yourself on that if you experience sleep paralysis and are listening to this podcast uh, go my guy, come on, man. What are you doing to yourself? Yeah, maybe listen to another podcast. Yeah. No, I, like another thing that people say that's very helpful is to like, you know, wear earplugs or have a white noise machine or a fan going. That's what I do. Yeah, totally. Lo-fi hip hop 24-7 to avoid the hat man. Yeah. I like genuinely the best decision I've ever made as far as like getting to sleep and staying asleep for me has just been getting a fucking fan machine. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And actually something that I've said in the intro of this program, um, I have put a light amount of white noise playing in the background to drown out the hat man. And like I said, I earlier like you know I've got I had some ins oh, I did have some fucking incense going before <laughs> yeah it fucking went out immediately when I started fucking talking about this um let me let me try to light it here hell yeah blaze it uh, it fuck it's like won't light <laughs> let me try let me try to grab another one oh. uh, but yeah that's that's ah, won't light oh. no. Utility. Utility. I am. I am, I am already, already here. here. Already here. I have. I have already, already seen. seen. I have already seen. Stories, Stories do, do not end. end. Stories do not end. But, 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 but you. you. But you. You will. You will. You will. Swim, 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 swim. Swimming against the tides with such measures. Swimming against the tides with such measures will only serve to exhaust you. To exhaust you. Now. 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 As the as the storm approaches, and you drift and alone, you drift alone, and you drift alone, drift alone, drown, drown, drown. 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 drown.
Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Hey, Sammy. Uh, thanks for being here, I guess. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I don't really know what all is happening right now. Yeah. Sammy, uh, if you want people to kind of follow you, check you out on the internet, where can they do that? If you are a corporeal person and want to find me, mm. uh, you can find me on twitter.com at your majesty V V E E. And if you are an incorporeal haberdashered uh, being, you can find me after I take these two Benadryl. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Uh, well, hey, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you've, uh, if you've made it this far whatever the fuck this is uh thanks for thanks for hanging out um you know if you want to support us uh you know reviews subscribe all your platforms stuff like that typical podcast stuff you know how it goes at this point yeah you know if you want to check out the rest of the stuff that we do at some good shows on twitter um any of our other show stuff uh we do a whole bunch of different podcasts they're super fun you might like them our uh, short music is by zach russell you can find their work at at sugar crash tats on twitter uh you can find me on twitter at the candy man um nate is uh at victory position uh thanks again for listening everyone and remember decay exists as an extant form of life <laughs> <laughs>